0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, Sirius XM 80, ESPN app, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Joe Buck is joining us Monday, 9, 15 a.m. Eastern Time, which uh, got... Mike Tannenbaum, I'm very excited. (laughs) Yep. He's going to be tuned in. Uh, You can listen back on the ESPN app. Well, last night, Thursday night football, not the result that uh, we were hoping for. Let's be honest. We always root for the show on this show. And the Buffalo Bills or any Super Bowl contender being in a state of craziness is always fun for us to dis- dissect and discuss. And the Buffalo Bills did their job. Now, were they impressive? I think they're maybe not on that one. But they did their job. They beat the Tampa Bay Bucks last night, 24-18. Do we look at the Bills now as contenders?
3: Hell No. <laughs> I don't look at the Bills as, as contenders. They're pretenders right now. Listen, this is a team that leaves the door open for a squad like the Bucks to have an opportunity for a Hail Mary attempt at the end of the game. That should have been successful, by the way. The two DBs from the Bills are tripping over themselves. Chris Godwin is wide open in the end zone by himself. He just doesn't look up and track the ball. But that should have been a successful play. They didn't have the pass rush to close out the game right then, and they didn't have the situation where they had the right coverage on the back end to stop that Hail Mary attempt. But that's only one of the handful of plays that I looked at where you could point to the Bills leaving the light on for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that matchup. So the fourth and goal early on, fourth and goal from the one-yard line, Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey, what the hell are you doing? Why was Josh Allen in the shotgun on third down? Why, why, why are you not letting him do the quarterback sneak on fourth down? It, it just doesn't make any sense. And the part that's mind-numbing is the fact that on the very next drive, you had a, a, a short yardage situation and you went with the QB sneak anyway. I can understand if you don't want your quarterback in harm's way and that's why you don't want to do the sneak. Maybe Josh Allen takes too much punishment because he runs the football on his own. I get that argument. But that that's not the case. If you're going to go for a QB sneak out in the field, why wouldn't you go for a QB sneak at the goal line? But that's only another one. The other one I got to point to, the second quarter pick by Josh Allen. What the hell are you doing? You've got a 10-0 lead. The Bucks get on the board with the field goal. Okay, fine, that's not going to kill you. What will kill you is throwing an interception deep in your own territory on the first play of the drive. And it's not as if you didn't see Antoine Winfield Jr. running at you. It's a designed rollout. You see him right there. Get rid of the football. Run. Try to break a tackle. Or here's the worst thing. Eat the football and take the sack. Live to fight another down. What do we talk about going into that game? If you're Josh Allen, end every drive and a kick. Those types of things can't happen. Ev, we're now talking about four straight games where Josh Allen is throwing an interception.
2: He leads the league in, 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 in turnovers since he came into it in 2017. Yeah, He's never he, had back-to-back he had games 20, without a turnover.
3: He had 23 turnovers in 18 games last year. Something about that has to change. Your quarterback can't keep giving the ball away. Okay, there he goes. Fourth quarter, fast forward. Third and two, opportunity to close out the game. You give the ball to Latavius Murray. You've got a 6'5", 250-pound quarterback. You use the design run earlier in the game. As a matter of fact, the first drive... It was a quarterback draw. You use that play. Why wouldn't you use a design run in a gotta-have-it situation there? Josh Allen is 6'5", 250 pounds. I'd rather have Josh Allen run the football in that situation than Latavius Murray. Wouldn't you? It, it's, it's my number. So you have that situation. Okay, fast forward. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers get the ball back. The ball's at midfield. It's fourth down. You get a sack on Baker Mayfield. Oh, but wait.
2: There's more. Jordan
3: Phillips, face mask on the sack of Baker Mayfield, extends the drive, ends up leading to a Mike Evans touchdown, and the Bucs convert for the two-point conversion. I just don't understand why this team, even in a win, you look at situations, you look at poor execution, and you say to yourselves, this is not a team that's capable of beating good teams when it matters most. I, I don't understand that. Even in a win, you can't enjoy it because of some of the bonehead things they do, Smalls.
4: So you said that there was that moment, that interception with Josh Allen, where you're saying, what the hell are you doing? He has those a lot, right? And he's trying to find ways to minimize those what-the-hell-are-you-doing approach. He's talking yep. about how he's going with this low-positive attitude where he's trying to control his emotions and clear his mind so he has better de- decision-making. We saw them do the hurry-up offense last night, and he's releasing the ball faster. But do we think that that's something that he can really exercise out of himself? Do you think that we'll arrive at a point with Josh Allen where he doesn't have those what-the-hell-are-you-doing
2: moments? No, not yet.
3: I don't think so. There's I no mean, ev- there's no evidence to the contrary, right? 100%. So I, what,
2: what's the saying if you're either coaching it or you're allowing letting it, it happen. or letting yeah. it happen. Thank yeah. you.
4: And they're trying to find ways to no. make it better. I but. mean,
2: at some point you have to go to the extreme of like, okay, Josh, if, if you don't stop making these kinds of decisions, we're going to run an entire game without passing the ball. We're going to do what the Patriots did to us years ago on Monday Night Football where they basically didn't pass. Like, do you want us to do that? Because these these decisions are hard. The the interception last night, I understand, was a bad ball, but it was such a lazy throwaway. The way in which he was throwing the ball away, he's got to know better than that. They are not going to go far in the playoffs, if they even make the playoffs, playing this way. And they're not going to win a Super Bowl playing this way. You're either coaching it or you're letting it happen. And at some point, Sean McDermott's going to be the one to pay on this one, the head coach. And yes, we know they won last night. But I think they are going to have to go to extremes of, I'm sorry, we're not. We're literally not going to let you throw the ball because you throw the ball to the other team all the time, so it's going to be here. Hand the ball off or run the ball. But
3: here's the thing. We can't let wins and losses be the standard for the Bills when we're going to judge them on their success and being able to go on a play, deep playoff run, right? So that's why it's hard for me to give them credit even though they got to win in a short week. Th- that's a team that they should beat from a talent standpoint. Yes. Right? But when we looked at that game, the, the, the Buffalo Bills should have been well within control of that game. They had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. Find a way to close out the game. Why does it even come down to a Hail Mary? I guess that's the maddening part, and when you look at the handful of plays that could potentially be the difference in the game, if you're talking about the Bucks executing even one of them differently, then we could have a different outcome. Why do you play down to the level of your competition? Now, to their credit, They've been plagued with slow starts in the three games prior to last night. Mm-hmm. I think they had a combined 10 points in the first half of the three previous games. They started fast yesterday. Uh, credit Ken Dorsey for going with more of an up-tempo offense, a quicker pace. They got the ball out of Josh Allen's hands quickly. He had his fastest average snap-to-throw time in any game in his career last night. I think that is, uh, uh, I guess, the a uh, 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 a way of the offensive staff trying to limit the mistakes that they're getting from Josh by not having him overthink situations, not having him freestyle, not having him play backyard ball. I think that's a formula for success. But they've got to eliminate the self inflicting wounds and they've got to find a way to close out games against quality competition. Beating the Tampa Bay Bucks last night, I'm sorry, I'm unimpressed. I get it, it's not college football. There there are no style points and wins in the NFL. But how you win, what it looks like, actually matters when we try to project what you're going to be. And based on what we've seen from the Buffalo Bills, I don't think this is a team that's poised to be a championship contender.
4: So I keep saying that the Buffalo Bills are the biggest question mark in the NFL. Heading into, uh, not even this week, last week, we were wondering, are they closer to the team that beat the Miami Dolphins or the team that lost to the deflated Aaron Rodgers Jets at the beginning of the season? The latter, I was going to say are we are we viewing the Dolphins win as the outlier here if you're mm. looking at their their record because that's the that is the big resume building win against a quality opponent
2: is it an outlier or is it more so that we anticipated the best division in the NFL before the season and now the reality of it is it's not the best division so everybody
3: in the, in the AFC East is frauds <laughs>
2: Not, I, mean, I don't yeah. know if fraud is the word, but maybe the AFC East in general is not as good as we anticipated it would be, and thus a good win against a fellow AFC East team we have to take with a grain of salt. Well, I mean, yeah. The, the, Which I don't know where that phrase came well, from. Well, here's the thing. Phrase, the the wins
3: that the Dolphins have are against opponents that have a combined record of 8-25. and 25. Yeah. So how serious, how serious can we take the Miami Dolphins? They've shown us a in question. a big spot against good teams that they're not going to be up to snuff. So I don't, I don't know how much stock we can put in the Bills with at home against Miami. And here's the other thing about the Buffalo Bills. If if they're going to have any chance of going on a deep playoff run, they better have the first couple of playoff games at home. Even then, this not a guarantee as we saw last year, but they're 4-0 and at home. They're 1-3 and on the road. I don't count the London game as a home game. That's a road game. They're 1-3 and on the road. They are a different team on the road than they are at home. So if they don't win a division, I'm even more skeptical about their ability to be able to contend.
2: Let's go back to that home thing. So I know you're doing that based on the actual numbers of them being good at home and not as good on the road. But I want to go into the actual weather part of it, which I know may be weird. But, like, you play in the Northeast. You play in freezing cold. You play in the snow. They're not built as a cold-weather team necessarily. And I think they should be built as a cold-weather team. I will continue to lean into the idea of go get Derrick Henry if you can. And go lean into, as you said, Josh Allen, QB sneak, Josh Allen running the football. Be big and nasty and physical and be a team that people are physically afraid of, like your old Ravens teams or your Giants defensive line that you guys were a part of and winning a Super Bowl. I don't find them to be that. I find them to be more finesse and up-tempo. Like, why not be a cold-weather Northeast-type team?
3: They should be. But, but they're, they're not, right? But they're not, right? They're not, and, and you have to put some of that on the head coach. We can point to personnel, but I'll say this. Toughness is a skill that can be developed. So there's something about their football philosophy and how Sean McDermott has ran that thing in the past several years that gives the air of this team being a little bit soft and it manifests itself in the second season. Once we get to the tournament, they usually get pushed around. They usually get bullied. That's exactly what the Cincinnati Bengals did in the divisional round last year mm-hmm. where they went into Orchard Park and beat the Bills team that everybody was saying it was so important for them to get whole field advantage. So to Ev's point, yeah, they're a cold-weather team by name only, but when it comes to style of play, not so much. And until they get more of that physical and mental toughness – they're going to continue to be a Jekyll and Hyde team that we have
2: questions about throughout the season. All right, coming up, we got a little round of Evan Almighty, where I am bound to get predictions wrong. Cece's got get up coming up. Who are you going to fight with? T- I mean, who are you on with today?
3: Oh <laughs> yeah, so we got Dan Graziano, Mike Tannenbaum, Bart Scott should be real spicy. Okay,
2: real Ooh. spicy. All right, yeah, and real we know that Tannenbaum is upset because he thinks he's a practice squad guest on this show and not a starter. Well, you to- you to- yeah, only because
4: yeah. you said that. I said he's part of the family, so he's not
2: a guest. I did say that, didn't I? It's unsportsmanlike like on ESPN Radio.
3: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die
5: alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful Slash unsportsmanlike today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P slash unsportsmanlike.
1: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Making predictions can be tough. Wrong, 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 wrong. Unless you're the chosen one. He's the chosen one. This is Evan Almighty.
2: It's time for a little Evan Almighty where we make predictions or I make predictions for the weekend in sports. Hello, Michelle Smallman. Chris Candy back with us after his appearance on Get Up, but we got to get to something here. Smalls <laughs> is um, in the breaks, been debuting an impersonation or impression of me. Yeah. So every single day we do like these little, for lack of a better way of saying it, commercials for the next day's show. Yeah, right? promos. We, promos for the next day's show. And um, – well Smalls, go ahead. This is this is what she thinks I sound like, which I may. Go ahead.
4: So, Evans, what was it, yesterday or the day before? I, I can't yesterday. remember. So, he was doing something on the Cowboys, and he, he said something to the effect of, Do I trust Dak Prescott? We'll find out tomorrow on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. So, I've just been doing,
2: She's doing been walking this. around doing, Dak Prescott! Dak Prescott! Coming up tomorrow, I'm Michelle Smallman. We'll break down the Cardinals AA team, and I'll tell you why you should feel good about everything in sports.
1: Do you want to hear what the actual... Tease sounded like yes. that, Michelle. Is, oh, no. This
2: is, it, yeah. it's is it
1: good? So, it's so much not. It's not even close to what you're doing, Michelle, but oh. I respect it anyway. Thank Here's you. what it sounded like.
2: Hey, it's Evan Cohen coming up Friday. Who is more likely to win a Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford or Dak Prescott? It's on Like 6 a.m. Eastern right no, here on ESPN Radio. ESPN. It is. It is. It's no, the, that's hey, it's the only Evan one. Cohen it's the no, first part. No, there was part. another
4: one where you went Dak Prescott.
2: Dak Prescott. Yeah. And I it, think it's my, the way I say my own name is actually terrible. How? Hey, okay. it's Evan Cohen coming. <laughs> hey, hey, it's, it's Evan, Evan Cohen.
4: Prescott. You know what it is? with The way you deliver Dak Prescott when I was listening to you record the liners, it's like you said it with finger guns. You finger hey. gun, hey,
2: it's <laughs> Dak Prescott. So cheesy. So cheesy. Let's do something that's not cheesy now. Evan Almighty. <laughs> okay. uh, predictions for the weekend, Smalls. Here, here we go. Here we go. Giants <laughs> and Jets play this weekend. My prediction for this is that the under will hit by at least five points. The over under is 36 and a half, which means basically let's call it 31. That'll be the total in the game that I think this could be an unbelievably low scoring game. So Giants and Jets under hits by at least Five points, which means my over-under is actually going to be 31 and a half. I'm altering the over-under to 31 and a half, and I am taking the under. Mm -hmm. All right, my next one. Sam Darnold's going to start for the Niners. I just don't believe that Brock Purdy's going to start. I don't think the league is going to clear him. I don't think the team's going to clear him. We have not seen a quarterback or any player, excuse me, cleared after being in concussion protocol for that next week's game, right?
4: Also, why risk it?
2: Well, that, that's the other part of it. <laughs> so I'm going to say that Sam Darnold plays, he starts, and I'll have two interceptions in this game for the San Francisco <laughs> 49ers. No, I, I really don't like... That all of the Brock Purdy hate has come out this week. And what that's done is it's actually triggered me to become a hater on Sam Darnold. Yeah. I, I don't like that that is where I'm going on this. But I think it's utterly ridiculous, this idea that they are going to be equal in their performance. I just don't understand how you can say this about a guy... That was undefeated last year as a starting quarterback. And the two games he has lost this year, both times, he has had an opportunity to win the game. The game against Cleveland, he gave them an opportunity to win on a game-winning field goal. They missed a field goal. The game against Minnesota last week, they had an opportunity down, what, five, if I'm not mistaken, in that game to potentially have a game-winning touchdown. He throws the interception late. Now we know he may have been concussed before that. But the worst that this guy has done as an NFL starting quarterback is put his team in a position in a one-score game to win a game. That's the worst he's done. Every other game he's won. So now we're all of a sudden going to say a guy that was the starter in New York didn't work out. The starter in Carolina didn't work out. Now we're going to say all of a sudden he's going to be amazing just because of Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's great. But I think that we are going to have Sam Darnold play and throw two interceptions this weekend. Next one. And do your Oh, I did the lean back prior. I know,
4: but you know, you want me to w- do it again? Well, just when the sounder fire is, yeah, you know what I mean. It's
2: yeah, I right. like, do the lean back. Part of the band. wait, you think I'm Fat Joe with all this leaning back? Oh my all God. right, Dad <laughs>
1: Prescott. Fat um, Joe.
2: I've said this now for a couple of weeks, but I really do believe it even more this week. Aren't God. we at that time where we're going to see a Division One, Power Five college football coach fired? Someone's getting fired. Like you think we're the in clock that. Chicken? Don't you think we're in fire season? We're in that time of the year where maybe we're getting to that place where they're going to start November, the last full month of the college football season for some of these teams that would be basically in that mix to fire a coach, to fire that coach. I keep bringing up Jimbo Fisher, Florida State, huge buyout. If they lose to South Carolina at home, maybe he could be a guy. But I think we will have a Power Five college football coach fired after Saturday. next one. We'll go to baseball. All the World Series coverage will be heard right here on ESPN Radio. Boog Shambi with the call. I think the Texas Rangers, games Friday and Saturday 8, a- 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I think the Texas Rangers are going to be up 2 nothing by the time we come in on Ooh. Monday, I think they're going to win both games this weekend. The Diamondbacks have had amazing drama here. They've basically had to force Christopher Mad Dog Russo into retirement, even though he's not retiring. I think that you got Evaldi tonight, who I believe is ten and one all time in the postseason with like a two eight five or two six five ERA, but some crazy ERA. You got Evaldi tonight. I think they're going to win the first two games of this series, and they're going to be up two nothing in the World Series when we come in on Monday. And, Go ahead, Smalls.
4: But I still wouldn't count the D-backs out.
2: Coming up Monday with me, Michelle Smallman. I wouldn't count the D-backs out. You know why? The Cardinals have a player in Paul Goldschmidt that once played there.
4: Zach Allen is pretty good for the Diamondback. Anyway, I, the Diamondbacks are one of those. So on paper, let me start off. Let me just reel it back.
2: Dad Prescott.
4: Jack Prescott. So on paper and looking at this matchup, you want to pick the Rangers. You, you just feel like they have a more complete team and that they're the team that you think is gonna win. But the Diamondbacks have consistently outperformed our expectations this entire postseason. You're right. And But so have the Rangers though. So have the Rangers. Absolutely. They're both underdogs. It's like, which one of these teams is going to out-underdog the other one? But the Diamondbacks just have that vibe around them, where they say, we are listening to the doubters. We're keeping receipts. You know, all the way back to the first round, it doesn't matter if they're down in the series. It doesn't matter if they're down in the game. They are the comeback kids, and they have found ways consistently to get it done. So it's one of those things where I'm probably going to pick Texas, but I don't feel great about it. I feel like the Diamondbacks are one of those teams that's going to make Make you pay for doubting them.
2: I'm definitely picking Texas. Bruce Bruce Bochy, Nathan Ivaldi, my two reasons. You have a front-end ace in the postseason in right now. Montgomery, too. And Montgomery. one but, but historically, Ivaldi for sure in the postseason. And Bochy is about to win his potentially his, his fourth World Series, second uh, team that he's done it with, and a third team overall that he's gone to the World Series with, with San Diego and San Francisco prior. All right, my last one. By Monday, I think a new team emerges in the James Harden trade conversations. Ooh, that's it. Do we have a Don't ask me who that team is I going to did. be. Okay. I don't know who the team is going to be, but what a fascinating circumstance we have. So, according to all of all the reports out there, Woe just had this from the from the get-go on this that James Harden tries to get on the team plane um, with Philadelphia. They said, No, no, no. Security says go home, like go back to the facility. We need to figure this out. Like, this is not working the way it's working. Last night they had a national TV game on TNT, a game that they lost by a point on the road at Milwaukee. And now Woj is reporting that the NBA is looking into this. And as one of our producers, Javante Lawrence pointed out, can you imagine, can you imagine if the Sixers actually get fined for James Harden, not playing. And there is a world in which that happens because they have to report to the league for both gambling and TV purposes. Mm-hmm. Why a star player, a recent all-star like Harden would not be eligible to play or would not be playing on a national TV game where they're trying to market the product here. And, I guess, allegedly, the Sixers may not have done that. So in essence, what you have in real life terms, an employer may get fined by a governing body because an employee doesn't want to show up to work. Think about that. Could you imagine the FCC is the the governing body that governs radio. Could you imagine if we decided we don't want to work here anymore, which, trust me, we are thrilled to work here and unbelievably happy to be in the seats that we're in. But could you imagine if we decide... You know what? We're not showing up today. We're not even going to give you a reason. We're just going to call you a liar and tell you we don't want to be here. And then the FCC actually finds ESPN and nothing, and we get paid. That's what potentially is going to happen here to the Sixers. Because they didn't report this to the league, the way in which they need to report it to the league, they actually may get in trouble because James Harden doesn't want to play for $30-plus million a year for them. Think about that.
4: Can you imagine how angry they are and how frustrated they are? They brought it upon themselves. I know, but that doesn't mean that they're not just beside themselves with the way that this is played out.
2: And the league has an issue now because already two games in. You've got the Harden situation, him not playing. Load management rules. Devin Booker didn't play last night for the Suns after having a great game one against the Warriors. He and Bradley Beal both not playing last night for the Suns. KD at 39 and a loss to the Lakers. Load management, two games in, and the rules around it already an issue in the NBA. Coming up, speaking of issues, a recent free agent signing, a named guy in the NFL already wants out of his situation. We'll get to that next on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot
3: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the
1: ones who get it done. This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. (laughs) What is happening right now? Every cowboy (laughs) sings a sad song. Sharp,
3: (laughs)
2: sharp. Every rose has a can'ty suit. Oh, the lapel
3: pin. You got me. All right, so here's what happened. You got me. You got me. Here's what happened, ladies
2: and gentlemen. I love it. CC was moments ago on Get Up, and a couple of days ago. The iconic, the wonderful Stephen A. Smith gave Canty a little jab and he said, Will you please keep a suit on standby at the Seaport here at ESPN, right? I, I don't
3: think it could be described as a jab, more like a tongue lashing. <laughs>
2: okay. Now, this was on having, air or off air? This
3: is off air. Okay. This is off air. And a little bit on air too. It, it came on air too, but it was after the segment that I, I had on first take. It was make sure you bring a suit to the seaport and be on standby for when I need you. Okay. So you know how like young
2: players or like when when players are young and then they're older players, they always look back at different guys and say, Oh yeah, that was my vet, right? I'm sure you had a guy that was like that for you, or you're that guy for someone else. Yeah. The way you just told that story it felt to me like you're saying about Stephen A. That's my vet. When he talks, i got to listen. The
3: only difference is my vet in the NFL would actually take me suit shopping and buy the suit for me. Wait a second. Ooh. Are you
2: now? Wait a second.
3: That's, that's wait a only, second. That's the only difference.
2: Let's now. I need a vet. Let's now read between the lines here, ladies and gentlemen. Are you suggesting that Stephen A. Smith, if he wants you to have suits on standby, should buy you suits on standby? Uh,
3: I, I'm just saying it would be a nice gesture. Now, I know Stephen <laughs> A. ain't going to do that, but I, it would be a nice gesture. Big fella, you need to have a suit here on standby. You have a suit that you can spare. See, a vet in the NFL locker room would go and buy you a suit. And that way there is no excuse why you can't be fresh on the road trips on away games.
4: I would pay for cameras to be rolling for you and Stephen A. Smith to go sh- suit shopping. If that
3: happened, I'm buying the most expensive <laughs> suit, the most expensive fabric I can find. I'm talking about purple label Ralph Lauren, ooh. House of Zania. Ooh. We go we go to Bruno Cuccinelli. we go with go Bruno Cuccinelli, Brio we go with shopping, shopping small. Shopping shopping. I'm talking about personal shopper at Bergdorf. Oh, yeah. I want it all. But I just Let's see you go.
4: coming out of the dressing room and Stephen A being like, ooh, I love the colors. Let's take the cut in a little add a time exactly of course the, the peak lapel which yeah. is Stephen A's
3: signature oh, yeah. on his jacket
2: yeah he's all a fashion, guy. He, oh, love he a fashion, fashion guy he would love
4: a he fashion
3: have
2: you heard of Target? anyway so i think that's where you may have <laughs> to go at that point the, the Kirk cousins collection yes exactly right the flannel that he wears so cc goes on get up puts on the jacket and he's got this beautiful lapel rose that, that's on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Smalls then says to him off air just now, is, is that the Gucci one? No, Chanel. Oh, sorry, Chanel. The mm-hmm. Chanel rose. Now, is that the Chanel rose? We're seeing it on ESPNU. No, that's not the Chanel Rose. Do you have a Chanel
3: Rose? I do. And just so we're clear about this, my wife buys all of my accessories, my ties, lapel pins. She's got great taste. Fly lapel flowers, cufflinks, socks. my, My wife buys all of this. The only thing that I actually can pick out on my own is the suiting. So the jacket and the pants. Even down to the shirt, my wife, she takes care of all of that. Nice. Like the only thing that I can decide is what color my blazer is and what color my slacks are. And the reason why she gives me that trust is because she curates everything in my closet. So there quite literally is no bad combination of slacks and jackets. She that's leaves
4: awesome. you no room for error. Exactly.
3: <laughs> so you're kind of like kind of like the Buffalo Bills offensive
2: coordinator last night
3: with Josh Allen. I was
4: just say just like a good coach. Yeah, exactly. She you in
3: no a position no to room succeed. for error. Even yeah. though Josh Allen found room for error, that that's not.
2: But you idea. are suggesting that Stephen A. takes over for at least a day for your wife as your fashion advisor.
3: No, he doesn't take over. He takes over as your payment advisor. No, Stephen A. doesn't take over as my fashion advisor. He will never take over any role that my wife has. I didn't say that. So we're clear. (laughs) But what I'm saying is Stephen A. says I'm not coming on his show unless I'm suited and booted. And he wants me on his show, which is why he wants me to have a suit on standby for whenever he puts up the bat signal. That's good. Got it. it.
2: Okay, well, we've never seen Stephen A go shopping with another uh, host on Get Up or First Take before, right? We've never seen that. Well, we've never
3: seen a 6'8", 350-pound man on First Take with Stephen A
2: either. (laughs) That's true. We've also probably never seen a guy that signs in free agency as a big-name guy that, that teams seemingly were in on, maybe, that already is talking about asking out this quickly. So, according to Dalvin Cook, he's frustrated. He's got a reduced role with the Jets. Running back, of course, comes over from the Vikings we said it maybe there was a reason that Dalvin Cook wasn't signed right away maybe the Vikings were on to something here and now Dalvin Cook is basically saying well I need to talk to Joe Douglas the general manager and have my agent talk to him as well about a possible trade so you see he just got there and now he wants out
3: yeah because he signed up to play with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers ain't there no more So, I mean, Dalvin Cook certainly wants to put himself in position to be able to cash in in free agency. And it's hard to do that if the team is not having the success at the highest level of the sport and letting you display your abilities. Right now, this is the Brees Hall show. And for good reason. Brees Hall is an amazing young running back. Mm -hmm. And Dalvin Cook is the compliment. Is there a destination out there where Dalvin could have been more featured? Dalvin was rumored to want to play for the Miami Dolphins. He's from South Florida. It was a situation where he was exploring that once he was released by the Minnesota Vikings. But he decided to sign with the Jets. And this is an example of players not being able to have their cake and eat it too. And by cake, I mean money. Dalvin came to the New York Jets because they gave him the biggest financial commitment, more so than what the Miami Dolphins were going to put on the table. And now he wants out now that he's secured the bag. And here's the newsflash. They paid you $7 million. You are a New York Jet. This team has a chance of being in the playoffs as a wild card. You're not going anywhere. They're using you as insurance. Brees Hall is coming over for major knee surgery. There's no telling what version you're going to get from him once we get later in the season. So you have to keep a guy like Dalvin Cook around for insurance. It's not as if I think that – he can't be a contributor for the Jets in some capacity, but it's just right now, Brees Hall is so good, it's hard to justify taking him off the field.
2: I now have a big three of you can't have your cake and eat it two List in the NFL this year based on what you just said. Two have talked, one has not. Dalvin Cook with the Jets, Devontae Adams with the Raiders, and DeAndre Hopkins with the Titans. If you think about all three of those guys, they went to probably the highest bidder. No doubt. But, but by going to the highest bidder, like with anything in life, there's a sacrifice along with it. DeAndre Hopkins signed up to play with Ryan Tannehill that's not obviously very smart. He's not very good anymore, and I don't know that he ever that, was. That's also a highly questionable decision. Right.
3: S- signing up to play with Ryan Daniels. Exactly. And now <laughs> yeah, signing Aaron up to- Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is one right? Yeah, nah, But nah, Dalvin
2: right. Cook went to the highest bidder, where if he wanted to go – No, to-
3: no, Dalvin Cook
2: oh, – yeah, Dalvin Cook went to the highest bidder. Yeah, yeah. and Devontae yeah. Adams wanted to go with his college teammates in yes. Derek Carr – but again, just because he's there now doesn't mean he's going to be there later. It's like the high school student athlete signing up to go play for a coach in college. That coach could leave at any point. So three guys, maybe not in the best situation. Yeah, but for there them ain't
3: right no now. transfer portal in the NFL. The yeah. only way to get out is to force a trade. And if you're a player like Devontae Adams, you have the cachet to be able to do that. So I, here's the thing. The Devontae situation is an aside. I think Nuke Hopkins and Dalvin Cook are more apples to apples. And in this instance, I think both players have a case to want to get out. But I think DeAndre Hopkins is much stronger, given what the Tennessee Titans have done over the last week with naming Will Levis as their starter and trading away an all-pro safety in Kevin Byard. Now, Dalvin Cook is just going to have to grit his teeth and bear it. Like that, 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 that is the situation right now because the Jets can't afford to get rid of a veteran running back. When they have a situation like they have with Brees Hall, a really good young player, but coming off of a major injury and not knowing how he's going to be in the way of production as the season gets you know, to November and December. So I think those are the, the key differences. I, I don't see a world where the New York Jets allow Dalvin Cook to get out of that contract.
2: Is he a healthy scratch, though, this weekend? Do they make him inactive? Because out of, of like, the comments? Yeah, out of like, hey, come on. We can talk about this but we can't talk about this with everyone. We can talk about this with us. You wonder if there is a penalty I mean, this weekend. He yeah, had three them. carries for 12 yards. Right, he's all. basically a healthy scratch. You know anyway. what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't think it's that big a deal. No, of but opinion. I'm just saying, like, it's okay if you feel this way. It's just not okay if you tell everyone Yeah, and here's way. the thing. Yeah. I
3: think you can keep him as an insurance policy. He might not like it, but what choice does he have? He doesn't. Got, he, exactly. What, are you, you going to Pout? I mean, you already saw that there was not a robust market for you in terms of your skill set and your abilities at this stage in your career. Are you going to add an extra layer on top of that by being a player that that brings a lot of baggage and becomes a malcontent in the locker room? Probably not going to help you once you get to free agency the following offseason. So I don't think Dalvin Cook
2: has a lot of options here. I think you're probably right about that. Coming up, a little positive programming. I'm for it with Smalls next.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Snap comes. Knee high. May standing in the pocket. Hit as he throws.
2: Yes. And it is picked off!
0: Did he get it? It's picked
2: off Yes! Yes. James, yes! James Jackson. James Jackson. Holy James Jackson. Holy wahoo. wahoo gonna do it. The first top 10 road win in program history. And they have burned everything Carolina built right down to the ashes. The Good Hands Moment of the Week brought to you by Allstate with insurance from Allstate. You'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. Amazingly enough, that was on the Virginia Sports Radio Network, the Drake May game-sealing interception for Virginia. Virginia is the school where Chris Canty went to school and played football at. Yes. Chris, what do you think of that highlight? Again, what is this? This three is the second straight day days? that he has not been back for the second. Now is he on? No, no, is he on? Get up again? Now is this three times in two days? What happened? Oh, here, here? he comes! Oh, I see him now. I see him. This hustling. has to be a
5: fine. This, is,
2: this you uh, think yeah, got to be a this is fine. A third, I mean, the
5: third time sure. is a in fine. In two
2: days, and you guys are literally here he comes, doing here things. You're doing things for him specifically <laughs> that he doesn't actually hear. This is unbelievable. We just played the All-State Good Hands moment of the week, and we specifically played Virginia winning against North Carolina last week because one of us went to Virginia. Smalls went to Illinois. I went to Wisconsin. You, my friend, went to Virginia.
3: So you mean there's only one of us that went to a real school?
2: Don't oh. spin this. Don't Got spin this. Don't spin this. Don't spin this. The head Got coach it. of Fine. the Utah Jazz is Will Hardy. We now have Will Tardy. <laughs> That's what we have now. He's the, well, I'm, just,
3: I'm just glad that Tom Coughlin's not producing the show. Because if it was, it'd be a situation where I'd be I'd be in, in, in the red for a lot of the show. I'd be working for free this week we, if Tom Coughlin well, was on the show. say that. What's up?
1: Pat, Go ahead. The third offense, we think you you deserve a fine for uh, being uh, uh, late back to the segment.
2: Okay, what what's the fine?
1: I think a nice two dollar fine,
2: a two dollar fine. All right, okay. we need a graphic now. So because now we're coming up with levels of our bad take so, jar slash fine. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, we can't so we
3: can't impose this retroactively. I don't like the retroactive imposition of a fine. Like that's something that we got to know beforehand. So now that we've so, put We didn't after, know you were not going to be here so, so, <laughs> three so, times. No, but I, I was late to a couple of segments yesterday, so it's a situation now where you know it, and we didn't have a penalty for it, so I don't think we wait can retroactively second. impose some Disagree. type of penalty.
4: Three times in two days? We need to stop this in its tracks. Wait, wait a second. Well, well
3: first, first of all, yesterday was about me trying to snag guests for our show. Now, How'd that go? There, there, there was nothing <laughs> that came of it, but it wasn't for a lack of effort. <laughs> I was (laughs) efforting it. It was a fluid situation. It just so happens that it didn't work out.
2: Okay, so hold on a second.
3: So that's just Just now, that, that last break, that's on me.
2: We know, we know you literally could be the captain of the debate team. We get that. But you cannot spin against no. us that Mm-mm. we did not have rules in place for the third time you're late for a segment in two days that we should have known going in <laughs> to have rules about that. Well, we
3: just came up with a rule. Yeah, so we, now we know what the rule is. If it happens again, then a $2 the, fine, the $2 fine is perfectly acceptable.
4: We didn't have a rule in place for take theft, yet you paid the jar for that.
2: Yeah. And so did Mike Killer Mike here. Our producer in New York, who took my um, take on about uh, dog and the retirement yeah, and everything, so and used it sure. on first page. Sure, hey, he used sure. five dollars in there.
3: Yeah, but those those offenses are not equal. We we can't have pla- right. plagiar- plagiarizing a take versus being late back to a segment three times when we're not known for having clock integrity as a show in general. Oh. I, I just don't. I just don't even understand that. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, if, if we're going to go down that road, every time that we break late, we should find you a dollar. Let's do that. But exactly. you're, a, you're also one of the hosts. You're no, also no, 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 a reason no, no, no. we break. I'm not, I'm not driving the show. We well, then I'm just going to go to i in the driving the savings. Show.
2: Then that's what I'm doing now. I have to go to because I want to save my money. What's I'm the not sh- the
3: Gladys the Knight of this thing. I'm just one of the pips. Hey, I, I, here's this. Gladys right there. I, I got to be like I Dave, Dave Byrd, AKA, a.k.a. Lil Dicky, and save that money. I'm not the David Ruffin of of unsportsmanlike. That's Evan
2: Cohen. Then I'm just going to, in the middle of a great take by CeCe, it's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. There we go. That's fine. That's All right. Clock Integrity. Fine. If that's what we're doing.
4: Don't let him distract from what's happening here. I think you need to pay up.
2: Cece? No, I disagree. I disagree. Pat Nuno, Javante, where are you guys? Does he need to pay up? Before we get to positive programming here, I'm for it with Smalls.
0: All I'll say is this. We started our phone tag this week, right? And yes. we'll have Joe Buck on, on Monday. Got the job done. <laughs> but we never came up with the possible <laughs> Got the punishment <laughs> the possible punishment for me we still don't even have that and I thought before we, we started no no I we had the ice bath we had the I the right? ice bath thing um, I'd rather give you guys put money in that jar but yes so but we started that without it so we can retroactively start finding people for things
3: so it's a 2 dollar fine is that what we're doing okay All for
2: right. a third offense
3: I'll, I'll pay so so i i owe the jar 2 dollars yes jar okay
4: Oh, all right, they said John. Yeah.
3: All, right. all, right. all right, all right, all right. There it I'll is. Get, I'll get my wallet okay. out at the break, and I won't leave the room. So I will put my two dollars in.
2: Got it. Okay, okay. and then Got that's it. fine if for the clock integrity. I'm just going to now interrupt and go to break. Are we okay with that or no?
3: Yeah, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. If we don't get to break, then we're finding you a dollar. Correct.
2: Okay, fine. But again, there's going to be a lot of interruptions. That's, that's fine. That's oh. fine. That's fine. Smalls is not in on it's that. It's going
4: to feel like a like a jerky. Uber ride. You
2: know? no 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 no. <laughs> let's not move the
3: goalposts. If we're gonna have hard and I'm fast, fine. if we're gonna come up with rules hard and fast, then let's go ahead and make sure that we're all I about think... integrity and making no. sure that we're on time. Sometimes you guys want to no, no, bring no. up the fact that I'm late. Back to break. I'm gonna bring up the fact that we're
0: late going to break. Uh, Michelle, please save us and give us Thank some you. positive programming. Real quick please.
4: though, going to break is like a sliding scale. I thought it was an unwritten rule of the show that we had to have butts and seats when we're back. That's what I'm just saying.
2: Your floor. Go ahead.
4: Positive programming. So the Eagles had a big win over the Dolphins, 31-17, over the weekend. And their social media team did a great thing, guys. They were walking around the great Eagles fans to tailgates. And they just had a blank envelope. And they were trying to get people to take it without knowing what was in it. And for two lucky fans, they grabbed it and got the experience of a lifetime. Here's what it looked and sounded like.
3: Hello. You want me to order you one of those? What is that? You
5: won the grand prize. What's
4: so that? there's sideline passes? If you want to come and watch the warm-up on the sideline, I can take you guys down there right now if you want Bingo. to
5: come. Right now? Yep. Yep. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Marie. Sharon. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <That's so neat. laughs>
0: we were talking about the sideline map the last week. We day. were. Oh, we kept saying, "Who are these people down there? How okay. did they get down there?
5: People just like you. Like <laughs> is that me?
3: Ladies and gentlemen, the real Garden of Eden, right here. <laughs> Garden,
0: Garden of Eden. So we see them like, like live. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I'm on the sideline, not just at the game. See
3: how excited
4: they are, guys. They're FaceTiming their family, their friends. They say you'll never believe where we are. Terrence saying that being on the field is like being in the Garden of Eden. You know, we are in this so much, guys, that we forget how special it is for someone like that. Two people who are diehard Eagles fans to have an experience of a lifetime.
2: That's awesome. And you know what? The the guy is wearing the old school Reggie White jersey. Mm -hmm. I love that even more. Shout out to his son, Jeremy, who's a friend of mine who, by the way, Jeremy White, Cowboys fan. Really? His dad famously played for the Eagles wow. and the Packers, and wow. he is a Cowboys fan, but that was awesome. That guy deserved it wearing the Reggie White jersey.
3: No doubt about it. He also had the old school brim with the Eagles throwback logo on it. Very cool. Terrence was prepared. When they saw that they were <laughs> sideline passes, Terrence adjusted the brim <laughs> and said, Mama, we made it. We're going to be on the sidelines for the Eagles game.
2: We are on awesome. like on
1: ESPN Radio.